adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced, cannot be stopped, and it is the only free voice left in the geek revolution. Welcome to another episode of We Be Geeks. We have a crossover of epic proportions. We have Derek, myself, Brett, and we also have a special guest, Ken Rose from Geek Watch One. How are you guys doing? Hey, All nice right. to be here. And uh, before little, we get into the show... A little strange here. you open up the show, Brett. I know. <laughs> I was just about to get into that uh, before we get in too far into the show. I just want to say that our thoughts are with our uh, with uh, Mike, uh, with the passing of his father. Our thoughts are with him, and I'll uh, miss you, buddy. Yep. He'll be back before we know it. Definitely. So how you guys been doing? It's good. It's been a while since our uh, roundtables with you guys. Yeah, I've not <laughs> talked to you in a while, Brett. I, I mean, I talked to Derek and Mike weekly... Just about weekly over at Wookie Radio, but right. Oh. We uh, doing the same here, just a little less fur. <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot less nah. fur, hopefully. I'm right. not sure about that. <laughs> yeah. Every night after Wookie Radio, I'm up half the night coughing up hairballs and <laughs> <laughs> making the Chewbacca sound while you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> So I guess we'll get the uh, story started. We'll go from uh, HeroicHollywood.com as a story with Finn Jones uh, set to appear on Luke Cage Season 2, which I think is kind of a no-brainer. I, I think they should actually combine the two shows and uh, just do Heroes for Hire. Yeah, oh, definitely. Well, we've already had basically two seasons of or, um, Luke Cage on two different seasons of show plus Defenders. So right. true. Yeah. This, yeah. I know this is going to get Kylan, my my other partner, is all excited. <laughs> I'm sure. He's I know a what a huge fan Heroes is. for Hire fan of. Um, he's a fan of both Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. The only thing that would make it better is if Chan Hayden was in it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's still doing Gambit, though. I know. Yes. <laughs> I just heard uh, some excerpts about that. I have to try and find that story. That was somebody else that was added to the. Uh, I thought to the movie. Okay. Oh, to the Gambit one? Yeah, and I think they're also coming out with the Gambit and Rogue comic. Yeah. For Marvel. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah. But their whole rebirth or whatever the heck they're doing over there at Marvel. Yeah, whatever they're calling it. Legacy. Yeah, yeah Legacy. I, uh, yeah, I call it throwing stuff against the refrigerator and see what sticks. I think well, I, I call it someone's been looking at DC and said, oh, wait, they found something that actually works. Why, maybe we should do something like this. Right. Who knew that um, the, what was selling comics for 80 years is actually still works? Mm-hmm. So when is DC going to do that with their movies? I, hey, they are doing a Flashpoint movie. <laughs> Right. That could be a reboot. Mm-hmm. Or um, I'm I'm looking forward to Justice League and the fact that um, since Superman is officially dead, when they bring him back, they could actually lighten him up a little bit. Um, right. that remember, was, that's what I've been hearing. Yeah. Out of the movies, we've had what four or um, three DC comics movie, four DC comics movies that have come out so far. Um, mm-hmm. Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Suicide Squad were all basically under the helm of Zack Snyder running the running everything. And that's why um, they all were bad. Well, right. Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns and Diane Nelson were brought in after um, Batman v Superman was almost done already. Suicide Squad was three quarters of the way there. Right. So the first movie that Jeff Johns actually had any say in really was Wonder Woman. And look at the changes. And uh, people right. love that's, that movie. That's one. So, yeah. It definitely got, shows. Yeah. And Justice League, he was there 100% of the time. So I'm hoping yeah. that th- this is going to show very good things for um, DC. And even yeah. Zack Snyder, though, was saying that uh, Justice League is going to, was planned on being a lighter movie. Batman v Superman is supposed to be the darkest the the universe gets mm-hmm. so well, plus they have uh, Joss Whedon in there too so I'm yeah. sure that'll, that'll uh, help it as well 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but I'm still very cautious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just hoping, like Kylan said on um, Geekwatch one last week, that I, I, I'm hoping we don't get the one senseless death of every movie from Joss Whedon. Right. People just <laughs> randomly, one guy, so one person has to die out of nowhere for no reason. Right. A friend of mine still doesn't forgive him for uh, killing Wash from uh, that, Firefly. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that was the epitome of it because it's a, everything's done. It's all nice, all right. good, and all of a sudden, thunk. Wait a minute. Right. <laughs> the danger Nobody's was over. <laughs> right. So what are they doing with Iron Fist and where, where we were at? Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> yeah, production How did we end up in um, the Firefly? DC land. Yeah. <laughs> well, production on Luke Cage Season 2 is currently underway, and we have a set a shot from the set with uh, Finn Jones and Michael Coulter, who plays Luke Cage, uh, facing off against each other. Could that possibly lead to a future Heroes for Hire? Who knows? Yeah. But I, I like you said, they should definitely just, just skip the solo movies and just go right to them. Yeah. Right yeah. to Heroes for Hire. I was, uh, I thought both of their individual series were pretty underwhelming, so. Yeah. I think they definitely the, were much better in The Defenders than they were on, on their own. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. See, I've, I liked, I've enjoyed all the series for different reasons and things. Um, yeah, the, they weren't as good as some of the other stuff, but, um, the, obviously, yes, as The Defenders, when the, you got the two of them on screen together, it was just magic. It's like those characters yeah. were designed to be together or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. And not, but not only that, but I think they had a good, uh, they actually had a good chemistry together. Right. Yeah. And I like the, uh, different, uh, backgrounds of the characters and still being able to be friends. Yeah. With, uh, Danny being the rich guy and Luke coming from the streets. Right. Yeah. And, um, actually, I kind of like this, but it's another one. I got to give this one back to Kylan again. He, I love it. He said, um, he, what, one of the things he loved best on, um, Defenders was, um, the people writing the show know how annoying it is that Danny's telling everybody that he's the immortal Iron Fist. Right. Luke, <laughs> Cage, Luke Cage actually calls him on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so does, uh, Colleen Wing when yeah. she was, uh, talking to, uh, Claire. <laughs> yeah. With them, with them telling that he's the immortal Iron Fist or anybody that'll listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thing is, you're telling an entire world that you're the immortal Iron Fist, an entire world that has no idea who that is. Right. <laughs> yeah. From the mystical city of Kunlun, who nobody knows about. And nobody know, he's believes exists. <laughs> he's right. saying it like people are supposed to be like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, wow, I wish I could have ever gone to that place. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of uh, Star Lord from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, Star Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it'll be a, a fun uh, team up with those two. Yeah, definitely. Now we just got to get Fox to play ball and put Deadpool in the mix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't they just do that in the comics or something? Or a couple of years ago, we actually put Deadpool in with Danny and Luke Cage and did he did Heroes for Hire with them. I think he's been in like every comic that they've ever. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, they put Deadpool in any comic they want to put him in because just because he's Deadpool, it's not because it makes sense putting him there. Because he's just put himself like Wolverine. There. They, they find they find a character that's popular and they're like, oh, we'll just put him everywhere. I mean, yeah. Wolverine and the Avengers, like that works. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think at some point we will see that though. We're gonna the um the X Men will eventually rejoin the regular Marvel Cinematic Universe. Somehow they'll get it to work together. I hope so. I really hope so. There's so much potential for a great X Men movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the theory we have over on on my show on um, Geek Watch One, we've we've been throwing this theory, especially the major one that threw it through the biggest wrench in, or the biggest um, clues in here is Deadpool. That um there's smoke everywhere. That Marvel and Fox are talking. We know they're talking because um you got stuff like the Kree and Scrolls that they're it's like so they're going to be able to be used in both um, little things like Iceman being or not Iceman um, Quicksilver being used in both uh, Scarlet Witch being used in both in certain situations you had at the end of Deadpool you get uh, Helicarrier mm-hmm. someone's talking somewhere yeah. so I I could see in the future Fox actually finally saying you know what and they go ahead and make a deal similar to the way Sony has with Spider-Man and we'll at least get the Fantastic Four back in Marvel if not you can yeah. get all of them back as long as and let Fox do the distribution. Yeah, I was just mentioning last week, I think on the last time we recorded, that I missed uh, the Fantastic Four comic and their Marvel just trash it because they didn't have the movie rights yeah yeah but they're bringing it back yeah that's why i'm glad about that but it's well, been years yeah there's mm. there's certain characters you have to have that's yep. um dc did that with um rebirth because after flashpoint they scrapped a couple of characters that they eventually in rebirth said you know what no these are characters that are needed right wally west donna yeah, troy wally west was <laughs> the major one donna troy's in there in now um we're still yeah. waiting um uh, martian manhunter's flying out there somewhere and shazam's not back yet so or it's not shazam yeah. It's Captain Marvel, but hey. Right. I definitely want Martian Manhunter back. Oh, yeah. That was a really trippy uh, series in the new 52. Which one? Uh, Before it ended. Oh, the Manhunter Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Whereas, uh, whereas uh, Psyche was split into all the different characters. It was interesting, but I don't I don't think they went the right direction with it. Yeah, it was, it was sometimes tough to read. Yeah. yeah. It was a cool idea, but yeah. Well, I I still um, Vernon and I were running the um, a fan theory that I doubt it's going to happen. Cause, but um, it'd be interesting to see if in Justice League uh, member number seven being uh, the Martian Manhunter. Because remember, all the original promo material for the Justice League movie said unite the seven. We only know of six characters in this or six heroes in this movie. Right. They've never mentioned a seventh character. Now we know the the Green Lanterns are out there, and they actually get uh, um, name dropped in the one trailer. Right. So um, everybody's assuming that we're going to see a green, at least one Green Lantern in this movie, but it would be sweet to see Martian Manhunter show up. Oh yeah, definitely. And you I know how great that. that would be that 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 they were able to actually keep that a secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love him in uh, Supergirl. Yes. Yeah. They did a good job with him. Yeah. I was I was um, a little worried when they first made him Hank Henshaw. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. wait a minute. How's he Hank Henshaw, but he's Marsh Manhunter? Right. But it works. For their show, yeah. it works. Yeah, mm-hmm. the way they did it actually makes sense. And the way that they did his look and everything, too. Oh, yeah. Really, yeah. Really yeah. Fanta- and the great thing is it's um, their effects guys are so good that it, it's almost seamless when they switch from CG to the suit. Because it's actually they have a right. suit for it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do a good job with it. Yeah, and I, I like... I like the actor who plays him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, David Harewood. He's yeah. awesome. That's the one thing that um, the CW has done phenomenal with all these shows is the, the the supporting characters and the cast they've put in those roles. The actors they've brought in to play them have been From phenomenal. Five, I think. You can get your favorite Whoa, wait a minute. A ah, it's doing it again. Stop. <laughs> Which one is it? There it is. Found it. Oh, stop. Stop. 
Wait a minute, wait a minute. Ha! I'll just shut you up all, all around. On these sponsor RVs? Yes. <laughs> it's one of those ads you can't stop once it starts. Mm-hmm. So, but, I think... Uh, uh, go ahead. Went from Marvel to DC. <laughs> Again. I know too yes. early. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But we get to go back to Marvel because we got Marvel's got yes. a couple of new shows that have premiered this season. Definitely. Uh, yeah, but that's not what we're we're talking about next. It's not. Yeah, that's that's no. what it's supposed to be talking about next. Yeah. No, we were supposed to be talking about the Fifty Shades. Remember? No, no, no. I thought Gifted was next, and then the Fifty yeah. Shades. Because I know. I well, you know what it is. Derek is very excited to talk about his Fifty Shades of Grey story. Right. No, because when if you want to, if you want to go to, you can talk about your Fifty Shades of Grey story. When yep. we were talking about it. And and you listed them off. I wrote them down, and I wrote down the, the Fifty Shades next. That's okay. Go ahead. You can <laughs> but do if you'd Fifty Shades of Grey story. If you'd rather do Gifted first, go right ahead. <laughs> Who was supposed to be See doing Gifted anyway? You. I was? Oh. Yeah, I'm doing the Fifty Shades. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, no, what we were saying, though, is Marvel actually is bringing a couple of brand new shows to the table for this season. Well, um, Inhumans had their premiere last week on ABC, which I thought it was pretty good. I, don't know, I did unfortunately you guys missed it? it. No, I forgot all about it. Yeah. How about you, Brett? Did you get to see it? No, I was, ah. I was afraid. It's getting very mixed reviews, I think. But I think what it is <laughs> is it's getting um, those reviews from people that are expecting an ABC show. This is actually, for me, watching it, I thought this was a all-around decent comic book show. But this is a straight comic book show. Unlike like I was telling you guys off-air before this started, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a comic book show. It happens in a comic book universe. But at its core, it's still a procedural spy show, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is what the main big four networks do they do they can do cop and spy shows all day um but in humans is a huge departure from this it is a um a show based around a royal family and um but it's a comic book show this one i think would do well on uh, like the cw with the dc shows over there being that they are um in the comic book world that's what this is so Mm -hmm. um but fox has also jumped into the arena to um put out the gifted which is their next uh x-men show now um this that one i did watch see i've not seen this one yet so um well let me go pull out some of the highlights from the story here then i'm gonna we'll get your opinion on what you thought of the show all righty but um this is screen rant had one it said the gifted premieres draws higher ratings than the inhumans um and actually that's not a surprise (laughs) since everybody already knew before inhumans even aired that it's already been canceled i don't know why they announced that already but hey (laughs) nothing like shooting yourself in the foot right um but marvel's mutant have beat beat out uh, Marvel's Inhumans in overnight ratings. With Fox's The Gifted drawing higher audience for its premiere than the Inhumans did on ABC. Uh, the two Marvel TV series are mark- uh, markedly different. Inhumans features a group of mutants on the run in a borderline dystopian future where they're hunted down for their abilities, whereas Inhumans revolves around the royal Inhuman family finding themselves as fish out of water on Earth and in danger. While the Inhumans has been panned panned by the critics, The Gifted has been critically acclaimed. Fans seem to have similar interest in these two series as evidenced by their respective pilot episode ratings. So well, um, one one other thing was um, the Inhumans was on Friday, right? Yeah, which is traditionally not a big night for TV. Yeah, um, ABC has basically decided they wanted to kill, but they've wanted to kill both of their Marvel shows 
because Agents of Shield is also going to be Friday night right, um, as soon as Inhumans is done. <clears throat> right. So, but Derek, why don't you let us know what you think of Inhumans? Give us a little bit of, or not Inhumans of um, Gifted. Gifted. You said you saw it. I did. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Uh, it was. Uh, it felt. It felt. Even though it wasn't technically X Men. I mean, it wasn't the X-Men. It felt very X-Men-like. It felt right in place in the X-Men universe. And uh, the story was good. The characters were all interesting. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where they go with it. Okay. Was there any um, familiar um, X-Men mutants or anything in it? Mm-hmm. You had um, Blink was in it, who uh, some people might remember from Age of Apocalypse storyline. Um, she was also in Exiles for a while. Um and uh Magneto's daughter, who, who also has Mag- hey, magnetic you, you powers. You were breaking up there for a minute. Well, who was that? Uh, Polaris was oh, in okay. it. Um, who is uh, who's Magneto's daughter and has also has magnetic powers. And she actually is in the story in the show. She actually is Magneto's daughter. So oh, nice. So it does name drop the major huge mutants. Mm-hmm. They actually did mention the X Men and the Brotherhood of uh, Evil Mutants too. Oh, fantastic! And and. Uh, they don't explain it, or they didn't in the first episode, but something happened, and the X-Men have actually disappeared. Okay. So uh, so all the mutants are kind of on their own, and they're they're hunted um, by this group called the the, uh, the Sentinel Squad. So this so, is after uh, mutant registration. I believe so, yes. Interesting. Yeah. There's a, yeah, there's a mutant underground, and uh, yeah, it's, kind of, it's really interesting. Cool. I guess what kind of scared me off of the Inhumans was uh, the look of it. Yeah. yeah. I think the effects look very good, especially with Medusa. Well, after, after you watch the first two episodes, you'll get to know that um, that the effects with her hair, it doesn't have to look good. And you'll understand <laughs> after you watch the first two episodes. Gotcha. So. Yeah, I know. I've seen I've seen images. I know. I believe I know what you're talking about. <laughs> the, although Black Bolt, I'm loving him because it's basically the entire thing. He can't say anything. He can't even like mumble <laughs> mm-hmm. because of any sound at all. And he destroys everything in front of him. Yep. So it may, it's an interesting way to pl- have to play the character. He has to play, play the character as a mute. So he's signing, and he can hear everything. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. And uh, the guy that plays Ramsey Bolton from uh, Game of Thrones uh, looks like he's been typecast as the crazy uh, <laughs> bad guy. Yeah. yeah, as the crazy prince. Yep. Yeah, that's one thing I'll give you guys is that it's interesting because, um, and they've all, they've, no one's guaranteed that this is in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. universe, but there's little things they talk about in here that guarantees this is basically from the same universe as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because there's, um, the Terrigen crystals are in this. They have to go through Terrigenesis to become inhumans. At a certain point in their life, they go into this chamber and they, um, break the crystal and, um, they, then they become inhumans and they see yes. what gift they get. So, and there's little things here and there that are, basically it seems like there's stuff that works the same way that the shield universe works right. so this is something they can put into the shield if they want it well they're definitely a huge part of the agents of shield show already so yeah wouldn't be that hard and this is interesting because right. in the in humans the um they've obviously been on the moon for hundreds of years or thousands of years or however mm-hmm. it is but um oh hang on ah i'm getting a message from the ether but um <laughs> in this i guess what it is is uh there's certain humans that were lost to the inhumans that are on the moon that have um have evolved from when the inhumans left the earth from ones that were left behind and that's the ones on earth that are becoming inhumans ah interesting 
So it's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't read a lot of Marvel, so I don't know if this is the way it's always been in Marvel or not. So yeah, that's when that's another thing. I'm not really a huge Inhumans fan. Yeah, so that's kind of. Yeah, I've Man never. Me. I you know I'm I'm a big Marvel guy, but I've never been that big on the Inhumans. Although I know I I know I know some things about them and stuff, but yeah, yeah. So we'll see. And they said it was already. How many episodes are they going to air? Uh, I believe it's eight episodes. They're going for the okay, full then. season. They had an eight episode season, um, similar to the way they did Agent Carter. Okay, and then see how it goes from there. Yeah. Okay. So, um, man, they record how many episodes did you say has been out so far? Two. They put out two for the premiere, two. so we have six left. Okay. Which, if I remember, they bumped up um, Agents of Shield to get started as soon as this is done. They're going to start up Agents of Shield. Okay. So, but did they is it because the ratings that they canceled it? I have no idea. Um, no, because of all the negative reviews and everything. Yeah, you got to love how people um, give this, give it their major negative reviews and things. And it's like they've right. only seen two hours of this. They've not even seen the whole sh- the whole series yet. Yeah. And shame on the TV uh, executives for not even giving the show a chance. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't let it grow. From what it looks like, the ABC executives don't want uh, comics on their t- on ABC anyway. I don't even have them on there in the first place then. Well, I actually heard an interesting I read an interesting article the other day that ABC tried has tried to cancel um Shield, which we all know, and Disney themselves came in and said, Nope, not happening. Yeah. Well they've done their best to. I mean they keep moving time spots and days and everything else, so they're doing their damnedest to try and kill it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the word the word has come down from Disney on high that you're not getting rid of Agents of Shield yet. Mm-hmm. Well, so if this that's works, good at least. Oh wait, that wasn't right. There we go. Aha! Hey, are you there? I am here. Hey! Hey! Everybody, welcome to the show, the hey. stranger, Mike. <laughs> yes, uh, our fear, fearless leader. Too long. I apologize, but it's all good. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing. <laughs> it's good to hear your voice. Definitely. Definitely. Well, fortunately for me, I'm hearing my own voice as well, and it's driving me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear you, y'all's voice. In many ways, glad to be home. Uh, um, yeah, it's what can you say? Yeah, mm. it's uh, it, yeah. <laughs> well, here, why don't, don't we get? I you don't back? know. I don't know what's been said prior to, but I figured we'll pop on for a few minutes because mm-hmm. today was travel day and I'm exhausted, but I wanted to come on and say hi. Okay. Well, here, let's get your opinion. You probably did not get a chance to see Inhumans or Gifted, right? No, okay. <laughs> I, I tried watching it uh, up at my mom's place and fell asleep. Now, what I saw of the first 20 minutes of humans, first episode, I, I enjoyed. Um, I, I definitely am loving the, again, there's just a small brief it. Um, I, I enjoyed the, the relationship they're showing between Medusa and Black Bolt. Um, <laughs> that's about it there. I haven't seen Gifted. Uh, we just got caught up on Young Sheldon, first episode. Love oh, it. Yeah, I love like... Young Sheldon. Uh, yeah, I saw the it's first got that Wonder that. Years vibe. It's got a Wonder Years vibe to it, and I love it. <laughs> I love, um, um, what's his name? Um, Jim oh, Parsons. Yeah, Jim narrating. Parsons narrating it. Oh. Yeah. It is great. More money for that uh, franchise that's already making tons. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, this one could easily, if the other show ended today and they said it's canceled now, this show can handle just fine. 
Yeah. I, I, I personally think, yeah, it could, it could go just fine without any any true – I mean, if you don't have true knowledge of the show, you, you could jump into this and, and be okay with it as well. Cool. So is there anything else you've caught up on so far this season? I know your whole last your last two weeks have been a mess, but just, just as everything was was starting is when my world turned upside down. Yeah, it's uh, oh, I understand, yeah. man. Um, I know we watched good do- first episode of the Doctor. I like that. Great show. Yeah, uh, I really liked I'm, it. I'm, I'm liking it. So I've only seen um, the trailers for that one. Is is it me or is it basically um, Doogie Howser with a twist? No, no, that's no, what it no, looks no, like no, from no, the trailers. No, no. I mean it, it's it's a doctor show with a twist, but it's not it's not Doogie Howser. No, it's not. Uh, oh, so he's not just it, a kid he, in he, high school or anything. <laughs> no, no. Uh, See, it, it, he, the, the guy looks like he's only like 16 or 17. No, he is, but the character's older. I mean, the character is an adult, right? Yeah. So, I mean, gone through med school and everything else. I mean, he's an adult, but he's autistic. Yeah. Um, but one of those, like, brilliant mind type type thing. And, and it's a wonderful story. First first issue was great. Or first issue. First episode was great. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I really haven't seen anything. It's like uh, we had Martin Casal, a.k.a. Marty the Moth. On uh, last month, and of course they're going on Lucha Underground. They're doing the Ultimate Trace, and his episode is tonight, where he goes up against Phoenix, Mask for uh, something else. I forgot what. What's it? Oh, Mask versus Hair. So, and, and I love the Ultimate um, Ultimate Lucha, which is their their big wrap up of the season show that they do on Lucha Underground, and that started last week. So I'm. Last week and behind last week and this week, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, see how all that played out. Yeah, I still need to watch. Um, I've seen like the first two or three episodes of Lucha Underground, and I just didn't get a chance to watch the rest yet. It's as he put it, it's a TV show about wrestling. It's yeah. not a wrestling show, and, and it's great. It's a brilliant show. Well, what I saw, I thought was awesome because it had that little bit of a twist, a little bit different. It, sometimes you get tired of the same old, same old. I I'm about to cancel my WWE um, Network subscription because really I've not watched anything since WrestleMania. I mean, I've checked a couple of the pay per views, but that's it. I've not even turned on the app. Um, NXT, I liked. Uh, I've I've already canceled. Yeah, uh, I liked NXT. Uh, they just started doing uh, the South Paul wrestling, which I was looking forward to. Uh, I love Table for Three. Yeah, that that was that was great. Those shows are the ones uh, I really got the network for. Really, I mean, other than just the pay per views and the interview shows, I yeah. can sit there and listen to guys swap road stories all day long. Uh, the, yeah. Remember the old? They had on there the ones from the old WWE On Demand network. They had the um, Legends Roundtables. Those yeah. were phenomenal. I love those things. See, I never, I never got to watching those. So those are still on there, but yeah, there is some awesome stuff in there. I guess, like I said, I can sit there and listen to old timers talk wrestling forever. Yeah, because you had guys like Dusty um, Flair was on there a couple times. Jim Ross was always on there. Uh, when, who else? You had um, Michael P. S. Hayes. Hogan was on there a couple times. You get Nash, all kinds See, of guys. That, that's why I liked um, Piper's Pit, uh, the, the Piper's Pit podcast, or mm-hmm. Roddy Piper's podcast in general. Um, that's why I listen to Jericho's. I listen Jericho's to Chris Jericho's with the um, when he when he has wrestlers on there. Taz when he does his interviews is really fun as well. But Taz, Taz has really t- embraced that commentator radio personality, um, that persona, and has really developed it super well. Yeah. Um, well, like, he's... okay, and I know he did commentary, mm-hmm. but his, his shows are for a wrestling show. I mean. 
technically is probably a top show out there. Yeah. Well, that seems like I most mean, of way your, is technically done. Well, the, most of your really good commentators, even in wrestling, seems like it's guys that wrestled and for one reason or the other had to retire early. And so right. had to learn another skill if they wanted to stay in the business. Look at like Corey Graves is probably one of the best color guys on TV today. Oh, yeah. And it's because he got injured. He couldn't wrestle anymore, but he has all this knowledge of wrestling. So let's get him out there and keep going. Um, what's his name that does he, um, NXT now? Um, they brought him in just to do the British classic to start with. Um, it used to be uh, he, Nigel, but... Um, yeah, he was Nigel over at uh, Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, and, and Brett and Derek are like, I'm, I'm so Yeah, lost. we've totally lost Brett and Derek on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry did you guys. say something? Yeah. What? What? Sorry, Mike and I are over here geeking out. <laughs> I see that. So, um, but no, it's great to hear, hear your voice on here, brother. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well, you'll you'll hear it again this week with Wookie Radio mm-hmm. uh, and with Mighty Marvel Geeks, which unfortunately we did not win the podcast award for TV ah. and film. Oh, well, that sucks. Um, it went it went to a group called the Hollywood Outsiders. So, congrats to those guys uh, for the win. Um, but we're a finalist that can't be taken away. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully we're back next year. And uh, don't count us out. We're well. I'm hoping that you have some competition. We're going to give year. people. A, I don't, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> the gauntlet has Wookie been thrown. Ra- Wookie Radio. Wookie Radio. I don't know. DC I don't superpowers. Know. I don't know if Keepers of the Fringe would qualify. Why not? Hey, yeah, that, maybe yeah. we be geeks and Geek Watch One would probably qualify officially. True. It'd be great to see all of our projects up here. Oh, that, that'd be funny if all the projects end up in the finals too. <laughs> Just start talking trash about each other on the shows. <laughs> you get together like Take on here and we're all, radio. Yeah. You get on here, we're all friends and everybody's happy with the other. You get on your show when nobody else is on and then you're just cutting it but all cutting all down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so so you gonna stick around for a couple minutes or are you gonna take off, Mike? Uh tell you what, I'll give you guys this week since one I'm not recording, which is odd. It feels odd being I'm not recording. Oh, it, it um, really sounded weird when you weren't the one that opened the show. Yes, I had to do it. That too. Oh, well, you've done it before. Yeah. So I know. I, I apologize to the listeners. This is not. There's nothing the to be sorry for, man. Geeks. There's nothing to be yeah, sorry yeah. about. These things happen. Yeah. We apologize yeah. that you're stuck with us. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm not stuck with you guys. It's. I think between the three shows, um, it's probably for me the greatest set of hosts that I've ever worked with. No. I mean, oh, I, I love Marty as well, and I wish Marty was still part of the team. Um, but I still incorporate him into that too. You know, it was the greatest set of hosts um, that I've worked with. And I think it's what makes all th- three of the shows and seeing Keepers and DC that, um, you know, from what you guys tell me, you know, I helped inspire you guys to spin off those shows for the network. Uh, you guys have a great team, you know, with Kim and Vern and you know, Derek and Chris. Uh, it, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts these days, and DC Superpowers and Keepers are two that I make sure I, I stay on top of. Oh, you appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. And uh, so there's your one listener each, guys. Now you know who your one listener is. <laughs> yes, that means DC's got two listeners. Nice. I still say count- Keepers has three. Can't, can't count yourself. Uh-huh. Oh, never mind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or your parents. But my parents won't listen. <laughs> tell you what, enough, enough, of the, enough of the sob stuff. Um, I have no show, show notes up in front of me, and I'm doing that on purpose. 
let's get on to the next topic. I'll participate in the next topic, and then well, I will jump off afterwards. The next oh, one is, is one Derek, for yeah. to participate in, too. Derek was really excited about this. He's brought us a Fifty Shades of Grey uh, story. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This was all okay. Derek. Great, great set of guys, a great set of hosts, except for Derek. (laughs) (laughs) So let me continue. Now, if any of you have actually listened to my other show, Keepers of the Fringe, you may have heard us, Chris and I, discuss a little movie coming out called Venom, uh, based on the Venom character, who is a villain of Spider-Man. Well, at least in the comics he was, because they're coming out with a Venom movie, which is supposed to come out October 5th, 2018. And here's the best part. A year from now. Yes, a year from now. Yes, actually, yeah. Tomorrow. A year from now, tomorrow. Um, It's uh, the reason we bring up Fifty Shades of Grey is because it's going to be written by actor-turned-screenwriter Kelly Marcel, who... Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Kelly Marcel has come on board Yeah, to write a new draft of the script that was initially written by Scott Rosenberg and Jeff Pinker. And Marcel is best known for writing the Fifty Shades of Grey screenplay. <laughs> Perfect person for a Venom movie. Yeah. But is also, here's another fun part, is also a business partner of Tom Hardy, who plays the titular role in Venom. So, uh... Oh, Marcel also created the short-lived TV series Terra Nova and wrote the recent Disney film Saving Mr. Banks. Now, this is just another wonderful bit of news on an already pile of bad news about this movie. Uh, do you guys know any other any anything else about this movie? I know it. Yeah, it's a mistake that Sony's doing it without. Incorporating into the MCU. There you go. Yeah. Spider-Man. And Spider-Man. They're not having Spider-Man in it. It's not going to be connected directly to Spider-Man. So how is that going to work? Yeah. Very poorly. Very poorly. (laughs) It's going to be be a love story. (sighs) Yeah, probably. Big, slimy, symbiotic love story. Yeah. (laughs) This just, I don't I do not understand what Sony is doing here. I should have worn my uh, symbiotes uh, t-shirt from Ripped Apparel for tonight's show. But anyway, yeah, really. talking about this. <laughs> well, I know with that writer, um, I I didn't see Fifty Shades of Grey, but I did watch Terra Nova. I actually thought that was a decent show. I wanted to watch that, but I missed it, and it got canceled before I got. Yeah, it. that was Fox, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. There you go. The sci-fi show on Fox doomed. Yeah, no kidding. Um. Yeah, this I just I don't understand this whole thing at all. What they're doing with this? Why they're doing? I mean, a Venom movie? No, I don't even want to see a Venom movie right now. Not until you know he's been established in Spider-Man's universe. Yeah, yeah, Cor- yeah. correctly. Yeah. Not yeah. Spider-Man. I say they did. Yeah, they, they introduced him in Spider-Man three already. No, <laughs> like correctly. I want him introduced the right way. But the problem is, it's. As long as Sony wants to do this on their own, and it sounds like they're trying to be greedy. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have, you know, we, we've got the perks of Spider-Man with the MCU for at least one more film, plus the Avengers movies. Mm. Then we're bringing him back. The stupid mistake there as well. Right. If you look at the money that Spider-Man Homecoming still pulled in, despite the overall ratings afterwards, and from what I hear, I still haven't had a chance to see it. From what I hear, it's still a great movie. It is, yeah. For most people. Yeah. Um, there's room for growth, especially, news, everyone. Bad news. especially if 
you know, there's the consideration that um, Peter could potentially be the head of the Avengers or one, the key or the new Iron Man for the Avengers uh, going forward. Mm. Um, then he, Sony needs to write this and this is how they make their money. Yeah. Not try and, and then bring everything else with it and allow Marvel to help create it. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause if you're not, it's like that. And they're also doing a movie with silver sable and black cat mm-hmm. called silver and black. Right. If, if you don't have it directly connected to Spider-Man, who cares? Right. Right. You know, now, I, I will say, though, Marvel needs to pay attention that what Fox is doing with Gifted and tying it in with the movie franchise. Right. And saying, yes, these this universe is conjunction with that. Mm-hmm. And they are making it connected. They need to do Marvel needs to pay more attention to that and do it itself more with S.H.I.E.L.D. going right. both ways. Yep, definitely. Yeah, Marvel had a good thing going. I don't know why they're trying to trash it. I don't know if they it's, are directly because um, if you look at Shield, Shield they've never said they're not connected anymore. They just haven't mm. overtly tried to do anything that connects directly up to it. It's the actors that are kind of sabotaging themselves, saying that oh we're we're really not connected with the movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's and that's because you know Feige separated Marvel Studios from Marvel Entertainment, right. thus creating two different Marvel franchises. Um, corporations under the disney umbrella yeah but wasn't that basically um didn't from the outside looking in wasn't that basically a um a fight between him and whoever was running the other company they just didn't want to play nice together yeah the creative group had split yeah that was internal squabbling there was an internal yeah it was an internal squabble that that caused it to it was like some character character group and they were trying to dictate how the movie should play out Instead of letting the movies play out like they did, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's uh, that's one place where Disney, I think, dropped the ball. The Disney should have eventually just stepped in and said, "You know what? Quit your squabbling and make money." Yeah, but you know, Disney. I still think Disney did the right thing. They let Marvel handle it themselves. Yeah. And when Feige came up the, with the plan and said, "This is the way you want this to be successful. This is the way it needs to be done." All right. And that's what worked. I think they just. I think part of the problem is they they wanted originally for it to all be connected, but it, it's it's hard to do. Yeah. With, yeah, I agree. It could be hard to do, but I think. Um, but there are still ways to do it. Yeah. Right. Well, it, it, the, the easiest thing is you you brought Samuel Jackson in for an episode. You brought. Um, What's Sif. her name? Who does Mariah? Um, Maria Hill. Maria Hill. Yeah. You brought yeah. Sif in. Um, cool. I still still wanted to see Cap show up for something. I would yeah. still love to see Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, not Iron Man, helping mm-hmm. work with tech. Right. You can go even you can go even easier and just um get some Stark Stark tech. They do something and they need something yeah. and they actually just get a crate from Stark. I still love to see Tony yeah. show up, but I I also want to see. Shield characters now in human. I want to see defenders. I want to see those show, you know, the the Netflix shows. I want to see them make cameos one way and right. you know make cameos mm-hmm. amongst each other. Yeah, and still make cameos in the movies as well. Mm-hmm. What or even have like Shield? Them, uh, them prove that's all all connected. Or even have Shield characters appear in the movies. I mean, Shield's already in the movies. Why can't they have? Right. Somebody besides yeah. Colson being being right. now now one one thing that they did that I liked it was a very small thing and and uh, it would have been easy to miss but I 
I believe it was in the Defenders. There was one point where they were using um, alien weaponry, and it, it, it was possibly connected to the Jathari. Mm-hmm. Yes, and not only that, but also connected to Spider-Man because uh, the Vulture was selling weapons that, right, that he, they had salvaged from yeah. the war. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of a connection in there, which mm-hmm. which it was kind of subtle, so it could have been easy to miss, but if you paid attention, you could have caught that. Yeah. So that was kind of a nice that was nice at least. I mean, it's a small thing, but Well, yeah. what I'm seeing actually from what you're saying here Mike and stuff, it sounds like they're um Marvel's starting to slowly go the way that um DC's starting to figure out that they want their film franchise to go. To where now right now there's lots of everybody's confused on well People are saying it's not connected. It is all connected. It's not, but um, it looks like um, in the last week, um, Diane Nelson, who's the president of DC Entertainment, and uh, Jeff Johns, chief creative officer at the comic books and um, one of the presidents of the film division, have stepped out and said um, that no, it is all in one universe, but they, the movies don't have to be specifically connected. You don't have to have like Aquaman with three or four other characters that step in for cameos. He's still mm-hmm. in the same world, but it doesn't have to be the same story, if that makes any sense which is what a comic right. book universe is like in marvel like yeah, in, right. um, superman you can go 10 15 issues and all you have is superman and you don't hear anything about anybody else right. that, it seems like that's what dc yeah, is but, trying to do with their movies it looks like that's kind of what marvel's leaning towards a little bit well it also sounds like to dc i thought i read briefly during what was going on that dc has just totally given up on their expanded universe that's Hence actually, why the, the mo- why the movies are, are are coming out the way they're coming out. No, that was um, that's what they were actually correcting with Jeff Johns and Nelson were saying. No, 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 they're all part of the same world. It's just they're not all specifically connected to the same story. They're going to be able to tell about, individual stories. That's why. What, what about like the they wanted to do that like they the Elseworlds type movies? They could pro- they could do that probably if they want. I don't, I don't specifically really want to see them. Like uh, some of them, I think some of these movies are the problem that DC's had with Warner Brothers forever. That Warner Brothers, old school studio with the old guys sitting on the panel saying, this is what we want to see. Um, Because one of the big ones everybody's saying is they're, um, supposedly Francis Ford Coppola wants to do a um, Joker origin movie. Right, yeah. Which would Mm -hmm. really be all outside of everything else. But that, to me, that screams of Warner Brothers executives once again stepping in and saying, you know what? This is what we want to see. Francis Ford Coppola wants to work with us. We're going to do whatever he wants to do. I don't care what else is going on. Actually, it was Mar- Martin Scorsese. Oh yeah, Martin Scorsese. Sorry. Well, they're both up there, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Scorsese. But Scorsese steps in and says, "Hey, I want to make this movie." They they step in and say, "Here's your money." Yeah. That's what to me. That's what it looks like is happening. Um, if they would let, or if they'll let. DC films do make DC films the way Disney did with Marvel when Marvel first started. They're going to end up having some decent stuff because you have the right people on top already. Jeff Johns, I think, is the perfect guy to have on top curating the um, world. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. So it's like if you let the people who I've been saying this for years, if Warner Brothers would step back and let the comic book people make comic book movies, they would actually make good comic book movies. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, See, I, that, I, I think that's the one thing I wish Feige would still kind of do. Kevin Feige would still kind of do with um, with Marvel and Marvel Studios is still keep. Casada as a consultant, not the rest of the crew, but Casada. Casada not going to steer the franchise wrong. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Feige's not steering it wrong either. And yeah. Well, is helping, it, um, helping is it Jeff Loeb still um, 
Isn't Jeff Loeb still one of the executive producers, one of the made big guys on the TV side too? Yeah, yes. But, but the TV side is Marvel Entertainment, yeah, and Marvel Studios. Yeah, that's where the other difference is. All right, but that can work actually, because once again, going back to DC, look, they're running two separate universes: the movie universe and the TV universe. And so far, it looks like it's going to be okay. Justice yeah. League will be the um, linchpin of whether or not we actually have the moving in the right direction for real. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. New York, New York Comic Cons this week. Yeah, what, that's this weekend. What news comes out of that? Mm-hmm. I know um, one of the big panels I'm already looking forward to for that is um, Friday night. Uh, anybody who's listening to this on October 6th, Friday night, October 6th, um, Jeff Johns is having his Doomsday Clock panel, and it's actually going to be live streamed oh. on DC's Facebook page. Six o'clock I'm actually Friday excited night. excited for Doomsday. Oh, that's going to be an amazing story. But I, I'm <laughs> planning on sitting down, yeah. plugging the computer into the TV, and watching it on TV. Six o'clock mm-hmm. Friday night, Jeff Johns doing the Doomsday Clock panel on well, Facebook cool. Live. So, and if the, he's doing that one that means watch dc's facebook page they're gonna be live streaming a lot more than just one panel mm-hmm. so i think hopefully they've learned from what um verizon has been doing with star wars with celebration bring us yeah. some of these oh, panels yeah. that because a lot of these panel rooms especially the comic book panel rooms are not going to have a, they're they're not thousands and thousands of seats for a comic book panel room right, right. Spe- especially javison yeah so it's going to be a good time, but um, we're actually running low on time a little bit, so we got to keep moving ahead if we're going to figure out some of these. I think we're. Um, you guys want to jump forward to this Tom Welling story because it's kind of interesting. Sure. sure. Tom Welling is I'm, back in the. Okay, you're going to head out. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to bell. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to participate for a little bit tonight. I know. Of course, that's my show. You guys are running it, and I. I guess. it's chance for me to be a guest of my own show <laughs> um so yeah thank you guys thank you all and the listeners for the support um i know we i know we did it when Brittany did it uh within the last year and i'm just glad to know that this is the way our fans are and our listeners yeah. and uh we're here for you and we're glad to know that you guys are here for us definitely so all right uh i will let you guys go and then it will be back to normal with with me doing my cheesy little intro next week <laughs> so See you later. Have a good night, man. Take it easy, guys. All right. You too. So we had a couple of other stories that I think I'm going to skip ahead on if you guys don't mind. Because I wanted to make sure we get time to get to this and talk this one out a little bit. Tom Wellings was actually – this is a a website called Nuke the Fridge, which I had never heard of before. (laughs) Picked up this story because um, their writer, um, Louis Lecca, actually was at the – let me find it here. The Fox Fall TV lineup party in Hollywood. It happened to bump into Tom Welling because um, everybody knows Tom Welling is actually making his – triumphant return to tv this season on lucifer now um hmm. do you guys do that right no i did not yeah he's actually oh, yeah um, yeah i just saw that the other day yeah. um what's his name um oh played lex luthor um rosenbaum michael rosenbaum actually has his own podcast now it's got about 10 episodes but he actually did an episode with tom welling and the two of them for like an hour or just over an hour geeked or talked about memories of smallville which for me being a big smallville fan was phenomenal to listen to awesome but um yeah. he was saying on there how um tom really has taken not taken a lot of time off he's not been on in front of the camera very much at all since smallville went off the air in 2011 but um mm-hmm. he came back he he got offered a spot on lucifer they offered him i think five episodes for this season and he actually read the episodes and watched the show and decided you know what he went back and talked them into he i think he's in 15 episodes this season oh wow because he liked it so much but um them talking about smallville and everything else um this luis lecca actually bumped into um 
uh, well, let me run through the article here. It says, for uh, over 10 years, um, fans, including Luis, were delighted by TV uh, by CW's Smallville show. It told the story of, well, we all know, everybody knows what Smallville was, and it opened the door for Arrow and The Flash and all of these other shows that are out now. Um, mm-hmm. Now, and we all know that Smallville didn't end because the ratings died. The, the crew, the cast, everybody was ready to be done with Smallville because they, they were just worn out and dead. Uh, we already mm-hmm. know, if you look at, like, um, Super natural the cw is not gonna uh cancel a show that's making them money they're just gonna keep throwing right. money at it why do you think mm-hmm. supernatural's on w- season what 12 or 13 now because they just keep throwing money at it mm-hmm. <laughs> but um but when smallville went off the air tom welling basically did too and he's not done much of anything until um now the flash has finally brought back um superheroes to t or the flash and arrow have brought superheroes back um but it says smallville actually concluded in 2011 but people still want to see more and he thinks it's possible the reason reason why um or so want to see more he thinks it's possible oh here's why um this luis guy thinks it's possible that people could see small, more smallville by the flash actually introduced multiverses opening the possibility of bringing any character from any other tv show or movie that dc's ever done really i mean if you mm-hmm. look at mark hamill actually came back as the trickster from the 90s tv series flash and they brought him into one of the or one of the worlds of the flash he's on earth two or three now isn't he the original trickster uh, is something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tom was talking to Louise here at the party and he stated that, um, he's going to be on Lucifer next year. And they talked about, um, or they talked for about an hour about his experiences in Smallville. And recently Welling has been asked about going on to Supergirl, but he thinks his version of Clark Kent really wouldn't fit the tone of that show. Um, mm-hmm. But after a long conversation about the Flash and the multiverses, Tom told him this. This is the quote. I'm willing to go on the Flash, and I have a few ideas of how it could happen if the network asks me. In fact, I think I can make it happen. So um, I think what he's looking at is the fact that the Smallville could actually be one of the multiverses that are out there. And at some point, maybe the Flash opens up and appears in the Smallville world and brings Clark Kent back to Central City to help mm-hmm. do something. You think that could actually open up? That could open up a whole thing. You could have Justin Hartley come in as Arrow. Imagine Justin Hartley pulling his Arrow off the same or right beside uh, Stephen Amell's Oliver Queen. Mm-hmm. You could have Chloe coming in. Actually, was a pretty good uh, Green Arrow. Oh, I love that show. I loved the entire Justice League they had on there. Yep. They and, had uh, the um, Bart Allen. They had Justice Society. They tore, the second half of that show became an actual superhero show. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all about the green meteorites. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, the first half, they had a totally different set of um, showrunners. The guys who created Mm -hmm. the show that came up with the whole rule of no flights, no tights, uh, stepped out after fifth or sixth season. And you notice there's a yeah. diametric shift in the way the ship show was done. Brian mm-hmm. Q. Miller came in, and then all of a sudden you get superheroes, you get superhero storylines. But um, I thought this was a great idea. It's something that um, if Kreisberg and Berlani are paying attention at all, they'll see this and say, wait a minute, this is gold waiting, sitting on the table waiting. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for an entire generation of kids, Tom Welling is Clark Kent. Yep. Ten years is an is a is a generation. There's a whole bunch of kids that grew up, and even um, teenagers and adults now. That um, for them, I mean, for me growing up, and probably for you guys, Christopher Reeve is Superman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole another generation that Tom Welling is Superman. Yeah, that so, makes sense. I don't know. I was really excited about this when I saw it. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be definitely cool if they actually do something with it. it could mm-hmm. be interesting. Mm-hmm. So I know I jumped the I jumped the order there. So I don't know where you guys want to go from here. That's fine. Um, why just go pick it up uh, for the Battlestar Galactica? Okay. Stuff? Oh sure. After I took it off my. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, I, I think I actually had the Battlestar Galactica news also. Go yeah. for it. Um, this press release. Newsarama brings us a press release. The original 1970s Battlestar Galactica is coming to flight, um, or coming to fight the more recent 2000s era BSG in a new 2018 event title that to be published by Dynamite Entertainment. Um, Peter David will write the series with an artist to be announced later. Um, and they say, with all deference to Star Trek, Firefly, hell, even space cases, I firmly believe that Battlestar Galactica, that the recent Battlestar Galactica series is the best sci-fi series ever, says David. And in reviewing good. the original series for the first time in decades, I was amazed at how it held up far better than I even um, could have believed. Forty years away from it being dismissed as a Star Wars ripoff, the first BSG had a style, story, and character all its own and deserved far more than the truncated run it received. So I am thrilled to have the opportunity to be a part of the of this truly historic meeting, which was indeed set up in the new series. Um, all of this has happened before, and it will all happen again. Wait a minute. Yeah. Um, the as-of-yet untitled event is kicked off with the discovery of Kali, the last of the reptilian parent race that created the Cylons. That mm. serves as the catalyst for the face-to-face meeting between the crews serving Commander Adama, including Apollo and Starbuck, um, three characters immortalized on the small screen by actors Lauren Green, Richard Hatch, and Dirk Benedict, respectively, and Admiral William Adama uh, of the 2003 reimagined BSG series, as played by Edward James Olmos. Um, reads the publisher's description. This is the publisher's description of this. And then he says, Sparks will fly as Lee Adama, Kara Thrace, and their fellow Viper pilots meet their strangely familiar counterparts and discover the threat that um, two colliding universes of Cylons pose. Now, Dynamite has been publishing BSG projects since the, its acquisition of the license in 2006 um, and doing the stories set in both eras. Um, a crossover between the two versions of BSG is an idea that ha- that's been pursued several times before. And no wonder, how could you not want to see this happen? But never, but it never came together for various reasons," said Dynamite senior editor Matt Idelson. "I'm lucky to get the to be a part of this adventure and to work with a writer whose work I've admired since before I was in the business. <clears throat> in addition to the wonderful sense of mystery and awe that Peter's bringing to the project or story, the level of humanity as the two crews meet is wonderful. I can't wait to see, for folks to see this book. Um, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of sweet to see the two Starbucks square off." Because yeah. Katie yeah, Sackhoff be cool. did a great Starbuck. Um, I mean, it was almost like Dirk Benedict had just switched genders and moved to a New York time zone. Yeah. <laughs> it was the, almost the same character, it seemed like, for a while. Mm. And with uh, Peter David writing it, I uh, oh. definitely like yeah, that. Yeah, legend in his own right. I love yep. Peter David, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, this is going to be exciting to see come out. Um, I don't read a lot because of superpowers and the amount of I have to read of DC. I don't have a lot of time to read other stuff, but this is one I may have to pick up and check out. Yeah. Does it say when it's coming out? It says sometime next year. They don't even have an author or a, yeah. um, artist for it yet. So this is probably that we pro- we may not um, see any other actual news news about this until maybe Comic Con of next year, San Diego. Yeah. So this may be a late 2018. I don't know. But as of right now, it says um, unnamed. It's just a big 2018 event. It could be a summer event for all I know. Yeah, we'll have to keep our eye open. Yeah, it's good. 
Good stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think I jumped. I really like the one, new uh, <laughs> series. The one in the two thousands was really good. Yeah, it was yeah. an interesting idea. The um, the departures they did make from the original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but and uh, I've heard a couple of other shows talking about it because um, we're approaching the I think fortieth anniversary of Battlestar. So there's been a lot of guys, other podcasts and stuff, looking back on the original and is like, I gotta find, I gotta look that up and watch it again. I mean, that that was a fun show. That one and Buck Rogers were both when I was growing oh, yeah. up. It was all, they were both in reruns, but it was like if one wasn't on, the other one was. Definitely. Those are two of my favorites, yeah. Yeah. And I actually have Buck Rogers on DVD. I got to get Battlestar. Wow. So good to head on to uh, Flight of the Navigator next. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. I think I was originally supposed to do that one, but when you guys want to pick that one up? I thought yeah. Derek was doing it. Oh, okay. I'll take care of it. Well. This one looks like it might be interesting, but I don't know if I want to see a re- reboot of this. Yeah, so in another brilliant move by Hollywood, we're getting another reboot. This time, it's a classic, Flight of the Navigator, which uh, I'm sure you guys remember from your, your childhood. I certainly do. I loved that movie. Yeah, I thought it was uh, – that movie was phenomenal for me when I was a little kid. Um, yeah. That was – I was just old. In 86, that put me at 10 years old. I was old enough to start um, paying attention to effects and stuff a little bit, and this movie was beautiful when they first put it out. I think this oh, was, yeah. Um, the, one of the first movies I remember actually looking at it and saying – or re- realizing what it actually looked like and not just, ooh, cool movie. I remember going down to Florida to Disney – and uh, at the MGM park at the time, mm-hmm. they they actually had this ship, which was kind of cool. Yeah, that would have been sweet to see. Did yeah, it talk it to you? Really, no, no, unfortunately. But uh, they also had one, one of the sharks used in Jaws. But um, sure, you're talking so, MGM and not Universal. Oh no, maybe it was Universal. You're right. Universal would have had Jaws. MGM Disney's MGM probably would have had this because Disney made the original movie. I don't remember which one it was. I might be combining memories. <laughs> anyway. Possibly. So uh, this Flight of the Navigator reboot is going to be uh, put together by uh, the Lucifer showrunner Joe Henderson. Uh, he's going to write the script and co-produce the film. Oh, and the, the Henson Company is set to co-produce the film as well. Okay. Uh, the yeah, original got a couple film, of big projects coming up right now. Yeah. The original film came out in 1986. Uh, told the story of a 12-year-old boy who was abducted by an alien spacecraft in 1978 and reappears eight years later. Oh, it's like Star-Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they don't back. drop him back off here. Yeah. Uh, he comes back with no memory of what happens. Uh, NASA scientists discover a connection between the boy and a downed spacecraft and try to exploit the boy who ultimately escapes with the ship and attempts to reunite with his family. That's a very common '80s theme, if I remember right. The kids get, yeah. um, the kid gets a something really cool happens, and the adults are trying to exploit what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, that that was in a lot of '80s movies. This that's easy uh, the if you last think Star about Fighter. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Last Starfighter! I love that movie. Don't um, wa- if you get a chance, don't watch it now. That's one of the few yeah, that the, the effects do not stand up at all. It was like, yeah. I think that was the first movie to use real CG for the effects. Yeah. So you get real Atari well, CG. <laughs> yeah. The video game stands up in the movie, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Flight of the Navigator, originally directed by Randall Kleiser, but failed to generate a large return at the box office, bringing in just $18 million. Wow, that's... That's surprising. Yeah. Because it has since become a cult hit. 
the reboot has been in development for many years, but failed to materialize. Uh, Disney first sought to reboot the property in 2009 from a script by Brad Copeland, but the project never got off the ground. Then, in 2012, uh, ahead of their attachment to Jurassic World, Colin Trevorrow... Hmm, why does that name sound so familiar? Uh, I don't know, now. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> and Derek Connolly were set to write the script with the pres- potential Trevorrow, a childhood fan of the original, to direct... That version of the project failed to make it out of development as well. But now they're trying again with yeah. Joe Henderson. I wonder what happened why Disney dropped the rights to it. Because I know Disney made the original one, but it looks like they said Lionsgate's been trying to, is making this one. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I wonder. I wonder if they'll still get um, – what's Paul Rubens to do the voice of the ship? Oh, that would be so awesome. <laughs> That's one, that was one. The, that's one thing back in the day. Everybody knows him from Pee Wee back in the day. But he was everywhere. He was all over the place doing stuff, doing voices, oh, yeah. doing little bit roles here and there. Yeah. Until yeah, Before he, he found Pee Wee, he had a lot, a lot of different roles and a lot of different things. Oh, yeah. He's, he's actually really versatile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. What uh, happened? I heard an ad. Obviously, uh, you guys didn't. You guys yeah. obviously didn't hear it. So Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I don't know if... I don't I don't I don't know if that's that's a movie that requires a reboot. This is one actually yep. it looks so good back in the original. This was one I wouldn't mind seeing almost as a um almost an upgrade, clean it up and re-release it. Yeah, I'd rather see that. Cuz you don't have to do I much. A- I mean just clean it up, give it a 4K overlay and um see what you could do. Yeah. And I have a bad feeling that they're going to just completely mess up the story <laughs> they tried re- although yeah see that's the other thing colin trevorrow although he says he's a fan but he's a fan of know. star wars too supposed to be yeah i don't know i'm not feeling good about this one overall so i think it's just another unnecessary reboot that seems like yeah. Well, like you guys, you guys have said it already on here before that um, Hollywood seems to be out of ideas. It seems like yeah. Yep. For me, I, I'm not a fan of all these reboots, but I do like the trend that's going right now of um, making a um, future sequel. Mm-hmm. Things like yeah. what they did with Jurassic World. Well, we got this right. weekend with Blade Runner 2049 coming out. Um, right. And some of the other ones that have come out. Re- Star Wars. You did, mm-hmm. um, take into account the amount of years that have passed since the original and just make a new movie. Right. In the right. Same universe. Uh, Jumanji, the new one coming out. Um, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Um, if I remember right, does tie loosely into the original Jumanji movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, that's really good. And the previews actually want to see that. Yeah, that looks hilarious. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like what I saw of it, but we'll see. Uh, well, that's because I mean, of Karen's Galen's in it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that would be a reason to like it. Yeah. And, and I also Jack Black, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping the parts we've seen are not the funniest parts in the movie. Uh, yeah, they pro- you know they probably are. Yeah, because some of the stuff they pull in there, like um, when they talk in the some of the trailers, they talked about how the um, they the video game action game tropes that are used in this movie. Stuff like Karen Gillian is um, looks at her costume when she comes in, is like, wait a minute, why do I have no clothes on? Mm, right. <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and um, the, well, Kevin Hart's whole line of "Where's the rest of me?" is a great. One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then Jack Black finally looks in the water and sees that she is a middle-aged man now. Mm-hmm. A fat middle-aged man. She was the um, most popular girl in school. Right. No, this looks, and um, also the use of the mu- music in the trailer. That's a trend you're seeing in Hollywood a lot of the um, really big songs um, from like the 80s and 70s being used in these movie trailers. This is one of those that, that they could not have put anything else in that trailer. Using Welcome to the Jungle in the Jumanji trailer was perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least for me. <laughs> Speaking of uh, reboots... Of course, we have it tearing up the box office. So what better way than to come out with more Stephen King stuff to make money? Of course. Naturally. So this is from MovieWeb.com, saying it's a great time to be a Stephen King fan with the wild success of It has brought a renewed interest in uh, Stephen King's work, which means we're bound to be getting some new adaptations of his beloved stories in the new future. The 70-year-old author spoke with Vulture recently and talked a bit about what may be coming down the pipeline. Adaptations of Gerald's Game in 1922 are coming to Netflix very soon. I just saw the trailer for the Gerald's Game. That looks twisted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of want to check that one out. Yeah, but King says that some of his bigger and more recognizable stories are possibly going to get new adaptations soon. The Stand being one is uh, once again possibly going to be done as a TV series, mm. and Salem's Lot may be finally made as a proper movie. Here's what he had to say about that. There's talk about doing The Stand as an extended TV series, possibly for Showtime or CBS All Access. And there's been some interest in developing Salem's Lot as a feature, probably because people are saying, well, we took an old miniseries called It and turned it into a new phenomenon, so maybe we can do it with something else. Nothing succeeds like excess. (laughs) I guess The Stand is something that Hollywood has been trying to crack for a while now. Yeah. At uh, one point, The Fault in Our Stars director Josh Boone was working on a movie adaptation, but we haven't heard anything about that for a while. Uh, The Stand was originally adapted into a series in 19 that at best is very dated and even in time couldn't live up to the full potential that exists in the source material. (laughs) I guess we can say the same thing about it. (laughs) Because that was uh, definitely didn't hold up. Yeah. So Hollywood saw something that's going to make you money, so let's do more. I hope it's not going to be on the CBS All Access, though. I know. I I was just thinking, I'm like, no. Yeah. And uh, as for Salem's Lot, that is one of Stephen King's novels most deserving of a modern adaptation. I agree. Even the original, though, was really good. Uh, it was I can't believe it was 1979. Wow. Uh, by a Texas Chainsaw Massacre director, Toby Hooper. Huh, who just recently passed away. Yeah. Yeah. It would make sense for a studio to look at the success of it and try to do the same thing with Salem's Lot. I think I could see that as definitely a movie because it was scary even as a TV show. I can't imagine yeah. what it's going to be like if it's done as a movie. Well, the thing is, vampires, I think, are poised to actually come back as the villain character again. Because yeah. it's been a while since we had truly uh, um, a scary Vampires of the Bad Guy movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've had vampires as villains before, but there's been a... Um, it culminated in the Twilight series, but starting with, like, Buffy, it seems like. And um, the interview <laughs> with the vampire, the Vampire Chronicles that Anne Rice did. It seemed like there was a sway in Hollywood and pop culture of vampires being this misunderstood character. Mm-hmm. Instead of just vampires bad stake them all yeah right yeah so it's like we need i think it's time for hollywood to do something like a salem's lot and let the vampires scare the jeezers out of us again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where it had shows like uh true blood 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I said, it's time for the vampires to become the monster again. Mm-hmm. Could not agree more. I can't believe Stephen King's 70. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize he was up there that high. Well, you know, he's been writing for a long time, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you guys read any of his son's books? Uh, Joe Hill? I don't think no. so. Uh, he has a couple of good ones. Horns and uh, Nasrachi uh, are both uh, really good. Cool. Oh, I've heard of that one, yeah. Yeah. So he definitely inherited his father's uh, talent. Hmm. So any final thoughts? Um, uh, well, I want to say thanks for letting me ha- be on here, guys. Um, oh, it's great having you. Thanks for thanks coming for on. And in, yeah, yeah it's, I can always I can fill in the spot, but I can't fill his seat. So, Mike, yeah. you were missed. It was great to hear that you were on here, brother. Um, I'll see you back over at home on Wookie Radio, but um, it'll be great to hear you back full time next week, ma'am, sir. Yep. Yeah, it was good to have him pop on. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Good to know he's doing all right. Yep. Well, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to do a couple of plugs real quick. Sure. Because anybody who wants to listen to me, you can um, find me over at the DC Superpowers podcast um, and over at uh, GeekWatch1. Both of them are on the Weeby Geeks Network at WeebyGeeksPC.com. And also, you can fi- hear me with Derek and Mike over on Wiki Radio. So you guys, that's where you guys can check me out at. I got to plug it. That's just one of my things. I have to plug something at the end of every episode. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel right without it. Right. Well, you might as well since you're here guest hosting mm-hmm. yeah just so, want to uh say r.i.p to uh tom petty he was one of the soundtracks of my oh, childhood yeah. you are yeah. definitely gonna be missed he was, great always, talent. he was always one of those um musicians that it's like this his music was always on but it didn't seem like mm-hmm. he was on the top of anybody's this is the go-to cd list or something right but it was always on <laughs> it's weird oh, yeah. he was like the soundtrack for your summer type deal yeah i Definitely. really started getting into him a lot more in the in the last few years too mm-hmm. damn the torpedoes was a classic uh album that was the first one they did with the heartbreakers oh yeah yeah I guess he was actually scheduled to go back out on tour again next spring. Yeah, they just had completed like a forty day or forty um yeah forty day tour that he just got yeah. done with. So yeah, he will definitely a surprise. And from people yeah. from reviews and stuff I heard of the shows, he hadn't lost a step really. He was still doing mm-hmm. great. This just came out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. So I think with that though, guys, it's time to say good night. And the last thing left to do. Yep. <laughs> So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.